welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today's interview is with Bronte from Dash Academy. Bronte shares with us her journey in the business world, her professional growth, the personal challenges that she faced, and talking about what it is that you need to do to run a successful business. From a young age, Bronte was always seeking more from becoming the youth ambassador for the Sunshine Coast Fashion Industry Association to leaving a secure job straight out of university and diving all in on her own business. This led her to traveling around Australia, educating people on the importance of social media. We talk about a jump into business and growing from a person to a person team and the steps it took all through COVID. And the challenges she faced in business that inspired her to prove she wasn't here to play small. We also dive into what might be holding you back in business, why people don't take responsibility in life, the importance of gut health, and how balance isn't a universal measurement for everyone. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Cool. I am uh, Bronte Creswell and I have Dash Academy, which is a social media training academy. Epic. So I love it. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. Um, So before we dive into, you know, what is Dash Academy and a little bit further into the side of business, let's talk about like, you know, where you were born, um, what your upbringing was like and your first job wow okay going right right um cool so I actually grew up in Warwick which if anyone knows is a baby little country town about three and a half hours from the coast um so my upbringing was very like country based until I was about 12 when we moved to the Sunshine Coast which I loved I think it gave me a real appreciation for Um, the outdoors and honestly the biggest thing that I noticed moving to the coast was that people up here well like at the time I found they didn't really know how to like self-entertain I found like on weekends they would always be like oh like there's nothing to do like I don't know what to do and because of the farm where it would be like let's go check out the cows and then let's go for a walk and then like let's go like I don't know check the mail like everything was there's sticks over there (laughs) like let's go make like a bird's nest um I had that ability to just like come up with things to do which I'm sure has helped me in business um but yeah so I moved up here when I was 12 and then have been on the coast ever since and my first job was I can't remember if it was uh working in a surf shop or a news agents but they were both my first two jobs and I was like 
15 and just nervous and like walking around not sure how to talk to people but um then yeah I pretty much got into marketing and clothing retail off the back of that so how did you know your your whole school experience go here compared to like um Warwick Warwick is that right Warwick, Warwick. yeah, Warwick. yeah. <laughs> um school up here was cool it's actually funny I did my first six months on the coast in this like little independent school that was like one of the weirdest little schools in the world a lot of people don't know I went there because then after that I went to Nambour Christian College and St John's I graduated from St John's um which were great they're both Nambour schools they were both wonderful but yeah before that I was at this like tiny little um random school where it was like you don't wear a uniform and like the classes are just kind of whatever you want them to do like I distinctly remember yeah I know I had um was this does this school start with a K? Uh, no, it doesn't, but okay. it's probably similar to whatever you're thinking yeah. of. Um, it's up sort of hinterland way. And to give you an idea on how like, like woo-woo this school was, I guess, I remember one day we were having like a math class and the teacher was like one second into telling us about math. And he was like, yeah, so, you know, division, whatever. And someone puts up their hand and they're like, hey it's just so hot can we just like not do math and just like go have a water fight and he was like that's a great idea let's do that instead and like everyone just shut their books and I was like what on earth and I honestly thought that's what the sunshine coast was like like I was like people here are so like this is so random <laughs> uh, but then obviously I went to uh Nambo Christian College in St John's and figured out that no it's not like that at all it was just like a random stint of school that I first went to um but yeah I love I loved um, Nambour Christian College and St. John's. They were really cool. And I was lucky enough to obviously make a really great base of friends that I'm still friends with a lot of today. Yeah. And what, um, when you're going, going through school here and stuff, how the transition, like, how did you find yourself in, you know, wanting to dive into marketing and social media? I honestly have always been super um, driven, super career-driven. You told me before we started recording that you found that I was an ambassador for the Sunshine Coast. I think it was the fashion festival it was called. Um, And that honestly came off the back that I was just always like, I don't know where that drive really came from, but I always wanted to be like achieving things and part of things. And um, I really loved working behind the scenes on projects as well. So I did a lot of behind the scenes fashion events uh, both with that organization and a few others as well. I don't know why I really like liked to be kind of on the back end organization, which I guess does fit into marketing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did um, a bit of that. And I also found at school, I used to go to the careers counselor all the time. Like I would always be in there being like, I think I want to do this. I think I want to do that. And he used to always say to me, and I, I hated it because I was like, you're not helping me but he used to always be like "Mm, okay great now go away and what I want you to do is research that industry and then come back to me and I and that was literally his advice every time and I would be like you're really unhelpful but to be fair to him it actually did help me a lot I I honestly used to be like whatever and then I'd go away I'd research an industry and then I'd be like okay fair enough it's not for me um and then I'd come back to him with another idea like I remember one of them was interior design I thought I I really want to be an interior designer. I love walking into a room and thinking about, you know, what the space is like and how I want it to feel. But then when I researched it, it's a lot of looking at blueprints and I was like, oh, that's not actually what I want to do. So um, I guess I was kind of lucky, even though it didn't feel helpful at the time that I had that guidance. Um, but yeah, always been driven, always wanted to get involved with things. And I think having that 
drive early on and actually going out and being part of things. So I used to work for events companies as well, like I said, behind the scenes. Um, it probably fast-tracked me to figuring out what I wanted to do earlier because I know a lot of people have asked me that in the past as well. Like, how do you figure out and know what you wanted to do so early on? And I honestly think it was from firstly going through that process of actually looking into careers, but secondly, just getting out there and testing different things so that, yeah, fairly early mm. on, I was like, oh, I like marketing. <laughs> it, it's interesting, right? Because like a lot of people like have asked me in the past, like, oh, how do you know what your purpose is? And like, like, how do you know what it is that you want to do? And it's just like, I never knew before. It's just like, I'm like a firm believer in even what you did there, like have an idea, research it. When when you go on to get a ice cream, do you just get the you have this intuition to get one ice cream or do you try every flavor and then you decide which one you want to do? I think I think that that's the biggest important thing. And also interesting about, you know, you talk about like personality in the sense of I've always been this way. But the one thing that kind of is pretty clear to me, what I can see is you've got a particular personality which is quite organized, but also like I talk, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's, you know, a few different like sea animals and it's a way to identify personalities. So it's like the shark, the dolphin, the sea urchin, the whale. And, um, you to me come across as a shark and a dolphin, but there's sea <laughs> urchin traits. <laughs> so, so for like, I guess like people listening in, like a shark is someone who's like, if you think about someone in business and this is why that there's the TV show called Shark Tank, because they're straight to the point, business, et cetera. Where are we going? Great. This is what we're going to do. This, no, I'm not going to do that. Just straight edge here, A, B. And then you got like a dolphin who is great example would be like a Labrador. It's like, oh, look at the lights. Oh, another human. How exciting. (laughs) And, and, you know, they're like quite excited about everything in between. And I'm a little bit of a a dolphin. Well, not a little bit, fair bit. Um, And then you got sea urchins, which are those people who you think about like accountants or, um, people who are in that data collecting field and they so you go, go for brunch and it's like, all right, cool. Plan it two days before. Where are we going? What time? What am I going to eat? Who's going to be there? How much am I going to spend? And, you know, managing all those particular things. And you just got the whales and there's quite a few whales on the Sunshine Coast of like, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. And they decide maybe 10 minutes before, oh, I'm just going to go Gold Coast. It'll be fun. And just like, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, like that, that's the interesting thing is like, I think, you know, when you figure out one, what you, what you are, and then two, what environment that like you situate yourself in, that's when you're kind of like, oh, well, I, I kind of belong in the, the shark and dolphin area. They're similar versus the whale area where they're just kind of cruising, going up and down in the water. So I think that's probably the thing that, I see with you is like, you know who you are, um, you know who you want to hang around and you know where you're going. And it's like simple directions, I think too, is we, we try and overcomplicate things like what's my purpose? Well, I've got to do this, that, and this. Do you though? Or do you just need to like experience it and then make a decision? Totally. What would you say to someone who is like, I guess like starting their own journey in finding their own purpose? Yeah, I think honestly, I would initially take the pressure off trying to find a purpose if you're early in that stage of like, like, I think it makes it too intimidating and too like everything feels like it's got to be really big. And you've got to analyze every aspect of it when you're in the early stages, because I think when you've got enough 
that you've experienced that you can kind of look at it and start to pull it apart. And, you know, often just experience means that purpose is naturally kind of carved out. Like you can kind of naturally be pulled in a direction and kind of just have a moment of being like, ah, okay, this is my purpose, Um, which I've experienced a few times and I know people around me have as well. But if that's not you, I still think you need to have enough things happening that you can look at it and go, okay, based on everything I'm looking at, I've experienced, I can tell what I like, what I don't like, what I'm drawn to, um, what I want to achieve. That's when you can start to pull out a purpose and kind of test it, but without having experienced anything that's really hard. So I think that's the same with like career. And I think your career can align with your purpose, but it's obviously not all of it. But I do find it really hard when people you know, say to me like, oh, I, I want to figure out what career path is good for me. And I say things like, great, you need to go out and like test things and write a list of the top five industries that there's a slight chance you might be interested in and touch base with people and say, can I come to a day with you or like have a look mm-hmm. at it online or see some brands. And if they don't want to do that, then it's like, well, how badly do you actually want to figure out your career? Because thinking about the fact that this is like a 50 year commitment of your life it should probably be worth sacrificing a week of researching to um to figure that out so I think two sides like make it one less um less pressure on yourself initially until you've been able to test things out and you've been able to um kind of look at it from a bigger picture but secondly still be purposeful about what you're doing and still be like have intent behind um, the things that you're testing out and make sure that you are kind of working towards a decision or working towards um, actually having a goal from that as well. It's just, it's it's basically throw yourself into actually figuring it out um, and you'll find that you do. It's like, you cannot just sit back and be like, I'm just going to write out a plan and figure out my purpose from that. It comes from experience and, you know, immersing yourself in that experience. What do you think are the biggest downfalls that people have when it comes to, pursuing purpose or pursuing a new career or or actually just I guess maybe just committing to something I know a lot of people do struggle to commit but I think again that just comes back to like not finding something that um that really lights you up so I think being realistic with yourself like you said as well there's personality um traits that you can have and it could just be a matter of the fact that you haven't found exactly what it is that um that you want to do but to be honest I also think that um and I might get a little hate for this but I think there (laughs) (laughs) there is a little bit of an underlying like laziness that I I see around and and people wanting to shortcut and I think like I I just said I just don't um align with that at all and I do have a lot of conversations with people that do just want to take shortcuts with everything and I just I think being realistic about the fact that if you're five years into a role or an industry, you're still right at the beginning of your experience in that industry. So wanting to jump ahead and, you know, have titles and have pay and have um, experiences and opportunities that people have when they're 10 to 20 years in an industry Mm. is not always the best way to go about it. And um, when you do come in with that almost expectation and that laziness of like, I don't want to have to go through the proving of that or the experience of it or um, really understanding it on that level, I just want to have the achievements ready um, when you go into that expectation, you're not getting that. That's when I think people can start to get bored and it aligns with a little bit of laziness of, I guess, entitlement, um, which I do also think 
comes from a lot of social media, which is ironic. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so true. And it's like, it, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And I have this conversation. Usually this comes up a lot of the time on every podcast I've ever done. It's like, there's no shorts, shortcuts to success. What, what do you define as success as something like, is it a, is it a, capital thing like you want to make a certain amount of money is it a lifestyle thing whatever it is like there there is no way around it and I think a lot of the people and I think this is a big one is like we we constantly make excuses of why we're not performing or why we can't do something or that there is this line between like there's a line between like self-sabotage and you know actually taking responsibility for your life so or the third would be like, you know, actually just taking time out because you need to refill your cup. But mm-hmm. a lot of people go in that, oh, I'm taking time out because this is what I need. And I'm like, well, is it what you need? Or are you just using it as an excuse to avoid something in your life? Totally, totally. I completely agree. I think that um, like a lot of the time, yeah, we do make up those excuses for ourselves to make ourselves feel better. And it is reiterated on social media to be like, yeah, you need to do that. But understanding that like your career and what you achieve is entirely up to you like if you want people around you that are going to say like that's great you have you have a rest and um you know you want to live your life just telling yourself that that's fine you don't need to really push yourself and you do deserve that um and you don't shouldn't have to put um you know in the actual effort to achieve it then that is going to be reflected in what you succeed in at the end of the day so it's like you you need to go into that making that conscious decision being like if this is my mindset and if this is the decisions that I'm making that ultimately will be reflected in what I achieve so you you know it's totally fine to make that decision but you need to be realistic about what decision you're actually making mm-hmm, 100% and i guess the biggest thing too would be like have every person that you've taken advice off or mo- the majority is like, would you say that all those people have been in a position that you wanted to be, or have they just been people who have not been where you wanted to be and you're just taking advice off those people? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's like, be careful who you take advice from because it's like they're coming from their experience and their mindset. And you need to make the decision on if that is where you want to source your information and your decision-making from. And one thing that I think I see a lot of with is people not taking on their career as theirs. Like they almost see it as like her role is is what's important and what, you know, what's been given to them from that role rather than seeing their career as as their responsibility and their avenue. So it's like when you're in a position, if you are going to be doing a little bit of overtime here or there, or they do say, who wants to volunteer to be part of this project? stop seeing it as like, well, what what are you going to give me for that? And more see it as for my career and who I am and my skills that I want to build, that is really valuable. That not, may not pay me right now, but by building that up and seeing all these opportunities as something that serves me and my career and my skill set, um, I think it really changes the way that you look at things. Like it's not always about what that person who is offering it to you is going to give you immediately. It's more about seeing it as like you're building up your own experience and you're building up um, your own career because you know for most of us where we work now or the businesses we have now are probably not going to be the same in 10 years time so take on that responsibility for yourself to be building you know your understanding and your skills and even your mindset around things for yourself and stop seeing it so closed-minded and um, minimally I guess if that makes sense no definitely it's it's huge like there's the narrative that we all tell ourselves if you you know you tell yourself every day I don't have this then you know, there's a thing in our brain called like our reticular activation system. And it's like a GPS for the, the things that we embed in our, in our thoughts. So for mm-hmm. example, if I was like, man, like 
I just got, I got no money. It's like, well, what are you going to see? You're going to see no money. You're going to see no opportunities. You're going to see no growth. Whereas if you're just like, well, all right, I'm in this role right now, whether it be a job or whatever your own thing or whatever it is, or whether it's volunteering as well. Like what are the skill sets that this is going to allow me to um, bring into my life? I think is important. Like even like when I was younger, like I've volunteered a lot of my time towards things. I've, I've tried a lot of products and experiences and, and, you know, none of those were failures. They were only like really good learning curves. Cause it's like, all right, well, this definitely didn't work, but this worked really well. So how can I double down on the thing that worked really well and make that even better? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was meaning by finding a purpose as well. Like if you don't have those experiences, where are you really pulling the information to define your purpose from? Like you're just guessing. Whereas when you can go through all those experiences and, you know, get as much as you can, you're basing that purpose and direction off all of that experience and all of that knowledge and insight and experience. So it's probably going to be much more um, aligned with where you actually want to be. Mm. What would you, um, if you're in a position in business and let's just say that, you know, or I guess even personal life, like what does the decision process look like to you in <laughs> overcoming obstacles? <laughs> Ooh, I am... Um... <laughs> I feel like so much of what I'm saying is like just gonna get hate, but here we are. That's um, great. I am <laughs> I'm a Libra and we are notorious for being bad at decision making, but I am like the biggest classic Libra. And what it actually is, well, for me personally, is that I'm not bad at decision making at all. What I do is I go through every option, what it means, the way it's gonna feel for me, what I feel like the you know outcome is going to be, and then that's where I base the decision. So Literally down to the point, like your example before, if someone said to me, um, you know, I have 10 flavors of ice cream, what ice cream flavor do you want? We have the name for being bad at decisions because I would stand there and go, um, and it's not that I don't know. It's that I'm literally going through each flavor in my head thinking, what would that taste like right now? Do I want that? No, I don't want that right now. And I would do that. So it's the same with decision-making when I'm thinking about, um, you know, what decision to make, I try to base it off as much as possible. Like what information do I have? How am I going to use that to make this decision what information don't I have what's going to be the most likely um, decision that's going to get me to where I want to be and that's going to have the most impact and then I do that so it's very very logical very mapped out in my head the way that I sort of make those decisions well that's like calculator risk I guess like you know you're looking at all avenues and it's like you're making an informed decision and not making an emotional decision Mm -hmm. which is what you know puts us in these places it's just like well if I make a decision and I'm hungry, that's going to affect my decision based on like, you ever go shopping and you're like, you're hungry and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. And then you go when you're full and you're like, oh, I could probably rationalize this to this will work for this time and this will work for this day. And it, yeah. I think they're, they're two great examples of, you know, one's going to be taken with full responsibility of like, all right, well, I've, I've made sure that I'm consciously going to buy ingredients when I'm not starving so I'm not going to buy 10 packets of donuts um versus going in there hungry and you're like it's the same in in business okay let's just say for example you got lots of capital in your bank and you're like oh I could I could invest in this this and this but you never think about the return all right great you've just found yourself bank bankrupt or there's you've now put yourself in a hole and I think calculate decisions are great um Obviously, it's not a fun process because you're like standing there and you're like, oh, shit, there's people behind me. <laughs> what do we do here? And then, you know, you've you just got to like, you know, make those decisions accurately as you go. For people listening in, 
let's dive into a little bit of more about like your career in the sense of how Dash Dash of Milk started or what Dash was called before Dash of Milk um, mm-hmm. to where it is now. Sure. So, yeah, I've got um, an interesting background and story, I guess, to get into where I am now because I've been through a few kind of um, phases, I guess, with business. So I actually studied public relations at universities, so not really anything social media, but it's still marketing and still reputation management, but not necessarily um, marketing. And when I was doing that, I was actually managing the marketing for a well-known nightclub on the Sunshine Coast um, at the time. <laughs> what was that nightclub called? <laughs> oh, um, the Helm. <laughs> so I did all of like the um, event management and well, I was entertainment manager. So I literally did all of the promotional team, all the marketing, all the artist bookings, artist liaison, like literally everything that that club was doing um was on me which was so much fun uh I can't believe I had that job at like 19 I don't know how that happened but um that was really really cool so when I finished uni I actually left that job with like all this experience of how to get you know like 500 people in a club two nights a week um and how how to work with promoters which is a really similar process to working with influencers so I had all this experience and went and worked for a digital marketing agency on the coast. So I was there for a year and that just kind of gave me a bit of an overview of the industry, I guess, that I didn't have before in that side because I was working in-house and I was working agency side and I could kind of see um, the way the industry would work. And so a year into that, I decided to quit. And I literally remember so many people um, saying to me, like, why would you quit? Like you got out of uni, you got the job. Like, why would you quit a year late? Like this is, you know, everyone on the coast is trying to get jobs in these industries and you got one. And I was just like, I don't know, just want to see what's going to happen if I quit. And I just like, don't have a job lined up. And I just see, you know, what I can achieve on my own. And my whole concept with that was I was going to give it six months and and six months, see what I could achieve. And I literally sat down and I was like, okay, let's say in six months time, I've achieved absolutely nothing. What will that look like? And I was like, okay, well, my ego is definitely going to be dented because I'm, you know, it is what it is. I tried and I failed. Um, my savings will definitely be probably halved from what they are now. And then I was kind of like, and I'll be looking for a job. So when I compared that to where I was at the time, I was like, well, Two of those are different, but the looking for a job is either I do that now or I do it in six months' time and I just deal with those two um, other factors. And I was like, you know what? Making that decision seems fine. Like, I can definitely handle those two if this does not work. Um, and three months into launching into that, so this was She the Social, my freelance brand, I had to hire someone because I was so busy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I did it. <laughs> but that's, that's so, it's so good because, like, you know, you're constantly going to have all the time, people will always say something. And we talk about like perception and projection and such, and people just projecting like their own fears and insecurities onto you. Like, oh no, you can't do that, Susan, stop it. Like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be homeless or whatever it is. And, but like the, the ability to do what you did, which is like calculating the risk and being like, well, is, is it really the worst thing? I've got like another 70 years on this earth. So like, what's the worst that happens? You know, I just get a job and just live a, a normal life or whatever it is. I think that's totally. always a good way to, to look at it. Um, when you were kind of going through that process, what, what were some of those, like those big achievements that you made? Cause it seems to be a trend where you set these goals, but then you always go over the top of them. 
which is quite good because yeah. it's, would you say that setting these goals at a certain level is what allows you to one, achieve them, but two, to like fly past them? I honestly think that a little bit of fear and imposter syndrome um, has been a good thing for me over the years. Like, <laughs> Um, I, I think obviously goal setting as well, but I remember now I'm much better at goal setting. Back then, um, I used to get like, I was just like, I don't understand how to goal set when I literally have no idea what I'll even be doing in two weeks time. Like when I was looking at it and I was like, do I make a goal to have 10 clients or two? Like, and even by the end of the year, do I make a goal to have 30 or like seven? Like I just, it, I found it really hard to try and pinpoint that so again I literally just took that off the table when I was doing that business and I was like I'm just not going to even try and set a goal I'm going to set goals in a couple months when I've got a better idea of what is even happening I'm just going to start checking off things that I know I should focus on and see where I end up um and yeah like I said that fear and imposter syndrome I actually think was good for me at the start because I was like I'm gonna prove myself I'm gonna show people like I know what I'm doing like um you know the fear of failure even though I said that six months and I was happy with that, I was still like, I don't want to fail at this. I want to, you know, give this my all and see what I can do. And, and um, you know, people always ask me where I got those first clients when I started in that space. And it was literally from, re- like, I would just go to anything I could go to and talk to people and say, this is what I do. And then I would get a few clients from that. And then I would jump in Facebook groups and be like, okay, I'm just going to post about what I'm doing. And I would get some from that. And it's like, I think when your early days, Anywhere that you can get them from, you should be trying to activate those. And I always think like, say where I'm at at the moment with training, I've got, let's say 10 clients that I'm training. I always think like, okay, let's say those 10 clients don't exist. Like they're just not people that exist in the world. And I've got to find my first 10 again. Then, you know, if I look at it from that perspective, all of a sudden I've got 20. So it's like, you can find them. You just have to, you know, push yourself into those spaces to do it. So I even had an instance in, my first um, would have been like month, literally, uh, where I posted in a Facebook group and I have mentioned this before in posts and stuff because it was the worst, it was the worst post I've ever done. Like, like looking back, I'm sure it was fine, but I was like, oh, it was me filming myself being like, okay, here's three tips for Facebook posts. And like, I rattled them off and I'm sure it was like the least engaging thing I've ever put up. But from that post, it went in a Facebook group. I deleted it 10 minutes later. In that 10 minutes, a guy had seen it And he messaged me and he goes, hey, I'm from this massive like business coaching company. Um, We want to talk to you about, you know, training some of our uh, businesses that we coach. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And they ended up flying me around Australia in like my first year or six months of business to train like hundreds of business owners to do it. And I was like, that was literally from one. So, um, you know, there's not like an absolute do this, but I literally think it's just like, just being like, you know what, I need to get these clients. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get these clients, like having that attitude, um, and being open to like any possibility of where they may come from is what got me in my base. And then, yeah, I was able to go from there. The thing I like about that, which I think is really good is like, it kind of, to me presents like urgency, like you're constantly creating urgency so that you can actually like push to get things done, um, mm-hmm. versus, I guess like the old saying, like don't be ungrateful or stop obsessing. Like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, well, if you're not obsessed about something you love, do you really like love it? And like, if you're, you know, you're not obsessing over something, do you, do you really want to see it succeed? And there's a difference between like a psychotic serial killer obsession <laughs> and just being passionately enthusiastic about one thing that, you know, fills you up. And, um, 
that they, they, there's these two streams. I think the society that we live in now is like everything is so politically correct that people are too afraid to go in another lane per se. It's keep keeping your skill set, etc. But like people are afraid to go against that grain and do something that's like, no, well you can't do that. That's obsessed. Do you have a mental health issue? And it's like. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> like have have you worked hard in your life like that and for prime example and like I share this every now and again it's like you know I'm, I'm really I've got such a lucky opportunity because I know so many amazing people in business and not one of those people who are successful go oh, okay that's enough for today like you know I've I've, I've, I've ticked off you know my five things and it, it's not based on ticking off a list I find it's based on ticking off the progress per day. So have I actually done something tangible to move forward or am I just ticking shit off? And what you're demonstrating is you're ticking off things that actually make a difference in your business and give you a return to grow the business. So what do you think people get stuck on when it comes to growing businesses? Like what is the the big issue, would you say? Yeah, I think um, it actually took me a long time to really think about what what was actually going to impact my brand? Because even like now I find myself being like, oh, I want to work on this part of like the website and I want to, you know, get these like photos together and stuff. And it's like, they're definitely things that I should be doing and that I need to check off at certain points. But it's like, I'm in a phase right now where I need to be getting students together. So like forget those things because they're not actually necessary for me to get students. Um, What is actually going to get me students? And then I reprioritize based on that. And I think one... um thing that also took me many years to learn that I tell people now when they ask me about business advice is listen to the experts, um, especially in your space, because they are gifting you time. They are literally saying to you, hey, I spent like 10 years or five years or whatever figuring this out, and I'm just going to tell you. And when we don't listen to that, we are basically just adding that five or 10 years to ourselves because you know, when I was first starting a business, I think I had a bit of that like ego where, you know, you hear all those stories of people being like, no, I'm going to do it my way and achieving great things. And it's not to say that you can't do that, but I think that, you know, I went into it being like, yeah, I'm going to do it my way. You know, they say I need to do this. I'm going to focus on this instead. And then like a year in, I was like, oh, there's a reason that they they say that all the time, you know, focus on the numbers and make sure you've got, um, you know, really clean packages and like they're aligned with specific people and needs. And like just those things that at the start, I was like, that's not really important. I'm just going to do this and like figure it out. And um, it obviously worked for me, but it's also like I would have been able to achieve so much more over that time if I just listened to them from the get go. So um, I think that would be one of the biggest things that I have learned. And now when people say to me that are in those positions that are, you know, like you said, millionaires, and they've done that from the mm-hmm. space, if they say, this is the most important thing, I'm like, I'm I'm probably going to take that much more seriously than I did before. <laughs> 100%. It, it's funny, isn't it? Like hindsight, because there's so many things now, particularly the same where I've had people in the past say, that's not going to help you. And I'm like, no, it is. Because it was like trending yeah. or it was like, it seemed like the cool thing to do. And yeah. and it's just like, well, maybe you should have just like, you know, got the flour for the cake instead of trying to make your own own unique cake. You know what I mean? Like the, there's, you look at a franchise as well and like the franchise is a franchise because it's successful. There's a blueprint mm-hmm. for a reason. Not Not saying that, you know, if you get into a franchise or a blueprint that, you know, it can't be yours. It just means that there's a style there. You follow the foundations and then you can put the icing on top of the cake, whichever 
you know, flavor is your, your own, like you're your own person. <laughs> totally. And I think it's not about like, you know, being like, oh, that person said this, so that's what I'm going to do. You're still like, you know, looking at all the information presented at you by multiple people and multiple sources and like pinpointing what makes sense for you. But it's just like, I think starting from the place of just trying to figure it out on your own versus starting of a place of taking that advice and still figuring out on your own, but with that advice as kind of a bit of a base level, being like, okay, they said this, maybe I will focus on that. It's just like that side is so much more powerful because you kind of have a bit of insight to also have your own spin on it, but um, just still approach it in that way. And I was just thinking, sorry, when you were talking about um, obsession, I was trying to think of this concept that someone once said to me and it was that, um, when you're looking at success, you basically need to have whatever your goal is. You need to want it as badly as if you were being drowned, how badly you want that gasp of air. And it's like, it needs to almost feel like that, that like nothing else really matters in that moment, but you achieving that. And like, you kind of need to wake up every day with that just headspace of like, this is it. This is the number one thing I need. Almost nothing else exists. Um, and that is how you achieve it. And it's not to say, obviously, you write off everything else in your life, but when yeah. it comes to your work, it comes to that goal, that's almost how you need to see that goal is like, it, there's no way I'm not going to achieve it. There's no way I'm not going to get there. And like you said, people will all the time say like, oh, that's crazy that you want to do that. And it's about like what you want to achieve though. Like it was the same when I was starting out and so many people would talk about work-life balance and I felt pressure to like not do work at certain times and that, you know, I didn't want to work so heavily, but I kind of figured out after a while that it looks super different to me what it does to other people. Like I love working on weekends when I feel really aligned with it. Obviously if I'm, you know, wanting to do other things, I can do that, but to actually stop myself working on weekends is worse for my mental health. If it's something that I want to do in that moment. And I think it comes down to different people. Like if pushing yourself feels more natural and, um, you know, achieving those things and pushing yourself with, the, you know, how much you're working or like just showing up for work in different ways. It really does come down to like what feels most comfortable for you. Um, Cause yeah, I think that was something that was pushed super heavily for a really long time when I was first getting started. And I was so confused because I was like, why do I feel worse by following this advice of like only yeah. work four days a week? Um, so figuring that out was definitely a big thing as well. I still have that. Like as soon as you said work life balance, I was like, oh, I feel that because. Like, yeah, I've definitely experienced that many times. Um, and it was from personally people who weren't in a position that I wanted, where I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. I think, I think if someone makes you feel bad for working towards something that you're really passionate about, I think that's a worry because mm-hmm. that just means like, if you feel gross, someone being like, you need to slow down, you need to look after yourself, blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, that's that's a worry because then you're changing who you are as a person to fit mm-hmm. someone else's mold that they believe is the way to live in life and they're not if they're not in that position where you want to be or who you want to be or blah 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 then i think that's where you need to just you know put the glasses on and see what what's actually in front of you <laughs> yeah totally and it could be also that like you know working really hard in your 20s or 30s or 40s is setting you up to have more spare time um, in the future. So it's not necessarily just about being like, you know, I just want to work all the time. But it's like, if you can also see that as like goal setting in the longer term, then it's also going to serve you then going, no, I want to, you know, take my Friday off because that's really important to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, it's 
all down to the individual. But if that was me, then I'm going to be feeling like I'm putting myself in a worse position later on when this is really what I want to be doing right now. So um, yeah, I think it's important to just make that decision for yourself. And like, I definitely have weeks where I'm just like, not in the mood to work. And I will try and map my work around that. Like I'll try and just do the things that are really essential and then give myself time. Um, But then the weeks I'm super fired up, I'm like, I'm just, I'm a smash. I don't care if I'm working till 10 PM. I'm in it. (laughs) But that's good too, because you have that freedom to make that decision. Whereas I do find like, obviously if you're in a role where, you know, you're working your nine to five and such, you know, what happens in those weeks where you feel like shit? Because you can't take every day off in the week. You know what I mean? Like you have the flexibility, I guess, like with your own business to live the life that you want. And if some weeks that looks, you look like a little bit of a maniac doing a bit more than the next year, fine, great, epic. You've done more than normal. Not Life is not this constant monotone straight to zoom across like a an old Beetle car. Life is up and down. Go and watch an action or a drama movie. Do you go there to watch the movie be monotone and boring? Or do you go there and watch the drama of the ups and downs and the excitements and the lows? Like, I think, I think a lot of people get mixed up that life should be this constant balance of straight line, but your heart rate doesn't, or your heartbeat goes up and down. So why should anything be monotone? If it's monotone, you're dead. (laughs) <laughs> which is the most extreme example but like you know but it it's one of those things to to be aware of as well so diving a little bit further into your career let's talk about you know dash milk to dash academy to where you want to be yeah so with um she the social the freelance brand i yeah, after a year of that, um, I decided to then shift that into an agency. And a big part of that um, decision, which I've had to reflect on now, because I'm like, I wonder how I feel about making that decision for myself now, was that um, firstly, I had a moment where I thought, you know, it was getting to the point, it was quite busy. And, you know, I was making enough money for sure to like cover my expenses and stuff. But I kind of sat down and I thought, is this what I want to do like 100%? Because you know, I quit a job. I was like, oh, let's test, see what happens. All of a sudden I'm actually in this business and I'm doing it. And it's part of my day-to-day life. And I have clients in a team and, or like a team member. Um, and I had a moment where I thought, okay, is this what I want to do? And I was like, yeah, hundred percent or thinking of the next year or two, at least I want to be doing this. So then I was like, okay, it's no longer a, you know, I'm doing it from the kitchen table. It's a bit of a fun hobby, you know, telling people like, oh, we started a little business. I'm like, if this is a business, this is a business. So let's make it one. Um, so I had that moment and I thought if it's going to be proper, I'm going to do it as uh, an agency. So I changed that name because I wanted it to be something that reflected, um, a team more than just myself. So she, the social was, you know, specifically me really, so that I could build a team under it. And, um, I then went out and got an office space. And the reason I got an office space, it's not essential for my, um, line of work or my industry. Like you can do everything online, but at the time, I noticed there was a bunch of freelancers starting to pop up and, you know, they were promoting themselves really well and I could see them around and I thought, well, how can I differentiate myself in the industry? I knew that it was a space that people didn't have a huge amount of trust with yet because it was still like, you know, businesses were like, I don't really understand what the social media thing is. And then when you send them a package, they're kind of like, oh, what's the invest? What am I paying for here? So I thought if I could set myself apart by making myself seem a little bit bigger and a little bit more like almost professional by having a space and also taking away that level of distrust by being like, you can pop in and see us. Like you can literally see my sign, like this whole online world that's like scaring you or whatever. We're an actual space. 
Um, so that was why I went in that direction and it worked really well. Like that was when we started to be established as, um, you know, one of the the top agencies on the coast, which weirded me out because I was like, we're pretty new. And like, even two years in when people would say like, oh, you know, obviously you guys are one of the top, I would be like, like, I loved it. And I felt like we were doing that internally, but to see other people saying that I was like, that is insane because you know I I just came up with this idea and then I signed a lease and then working with clients and all of a sudden that's the way it's being positioned so that was really cool um I think a lot of people think that that was all really intentional and I was still like no I'm freaking <laughs> out like this is great um and I've mentioned as well previously that I I literally remember one day we were like maybe three weeks into the office. I had, I think it was $7 sitting in the business account. And I was like, that's hilarious. And I literally looked at it, I was like, that's cool. Um, and it was fine. Like I knew it was going to be fine. I kind of roughly in my head was like, oh, there's a few bills being paid this week. Like people are going to pay us. And then I think there's like rent coming out in like two weeks. So we're going to be sweet. But like, it was so funny. I remember just looking at it being like $7 and I have to pay stuff and like all these other things that I just, I don't know. I just knew, I guess that it was going to be fine. We're going to get enough kind of together. I was like, I've got a few client meetings this week. I'll just get them on packages. We'll sort it out. Um, so that was the, that was what early days looked like. So it was not anything big and fabulous. It was literally like figuring out, you know, what on earth an agency even was. And then I think that probably took me a year to figure out. Then the second year was COVID hitting, which was um, horrific. Picture me one year into business, having a team and clients and everyone else and, you know, my personal life being like, so what are we doing? And I was like, I've got a great plan. I figured it out. I've just had this huge brainstorm. Don't you worry, everything's sorted. Um, I'm just going to like quickly pop together some slides and I'll just jump back on. And then like shutting the computer, just being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what the hell? Like, how does anyone plan for this? I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, obviously got through that like we all did, go us. And then, yeah, I don't know. I guess I made the decision um, probably the year after that, that, um, or maybe even the year after that, I'm not sure. But I was like, I'm just, I'm so done with like not being able to grow because COVID impacted it for so long. Like over that year, like we, I could not achieve any goal. I literally just had to keep the business surviving. And then by the end of that year, I was like, cool, we survived, but we did nothing else. Like I'm not satisfied with that. Um, so then, yeah, that year after I hired everyone at a team of eight, we went from three of us to eight really quickly. Cause I was just like, everyone's hired. Let's just figure it out. <laughs> Um, you know, built our client base to some really, really big brands, which was awesome. And then, um, yeah, I was stoked with that. Had a really gorgeous office. We moved out of our small baby one into something else. Started partnering with really big brands. And then last year, I just decided to sell it all. So from when I quit the the first agency I worked for to when I sold, I think it was three, uh, four years and like seven months or something that I'd been working for myself. So I'd just say, you know, roughly five years I was doing that. Um, and yeah, I just decided to, to sell it. It just wasn't feeling necessarily aligned with where I was at anymore. And it was weird because I set out the start of last year, all these goals I wanted to achieve. And I was like, I was like, this is my life. Like, I'm going to do it. This is great. And I hit the middle of the year and we were achieving them. Like we were in a really great position and everything was going really well. But I was just like, just had a moment where I thought, is this really what I want to be doing for, you know, the next probably two to three years, which I knew was the the rough scope of how long it was going to be for me to build it to the position that it would need to be in for me to hire 
um, you know, management and have the team and like the business and everything running where I wanted it to be based on my bigger vision. And I just kind of thought, I actually don't know if I have that in me. I feel like my, you know, interests were being pulled towards training and I was loving training business owners. And I felt when I was in training sessions, I was feeling so aligned when I was like in agency meetings and everything else involved with that, I was just feeling really, um, really drained. So I think giving myself the freedom to make that decision was actually a massive thing. Like a lot of people, when I told them I'd sold that company, which like just shook, like I literally shocked the world. Like they were just like, what? Like (laughs) that was like who you were as a person. And it's weird because it was, it like honestly was for, for a long time there, but then I don't know. I was really realistic with myself and I just thought, I, I know that I can do other things that probably align with me more now. And it wasn't about giving up. It wasn't about quitting. It was literally just about looking at my life and looking about where I wanted to give my energy. And even looking at the clients and the team and the business and brand, I literally was like, I know with what I can give right now, like they're not being served to their best of their ability. All of those people that I am responsible for, So I knew that someone else coming in that had that drive and was really excited about that process was going to serve them better. So it was also a decision based on that. I was like, this is actually going to serve the people that rely on me much better than I am right now. Um, So I took that leap. And then, yeah, now I'm focusing on the training side of things with the academy, which is just awesome. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving all my students and everything that I'm working on and I'm feeling so aligned. And it's one of those like, waking up in the morning, just being like, yeah, this is my life. It's good. <laughs> and it's it's quite interesting, isn't it? Like, I guess, like going from that feeling of like, I guess somewhat of a trapped feeling to a, oh, I get, I get the opportunity to do this shit. Like mm-hmm. they're two complete different mindsets, but I think a lot of people get trapped in, in that state of fear and being like, well, I can't, I can't get out of it now. It's one, that's who I am. That's the identity that, you know, I've attached myself to. Or two, it's just the pure fear of being like, well, what if I don't make the new thing work? Or what if, what if this was a fluke or whatever it is? And I think a lot of people get stuck on that. And the the fact that you can detach from that and be like, you know, well, let's just, just give it a, a red hot go on the next thing. And that's kind of what makes a successful business person in my eyes is the ability to create something, get it successful and then either keep growing it or sell it and then move on to the next thing and redo something else that's more suitable to your lifestyle. What advice would you have for people who, for example, might be in a business that they feel trapped in and they want to get out of, or maybe they've just found that they're more passionate about something else in life and they're scared to make that jump? Um, I think firstly, I would say, Give yourself the freedom, and this goes for a lot of things in life. Give yourself the freedom to take away all that fear for a second, to sit down, you know, meditate, do whatever you're doing, and take away all of that fear and give yourself a moment to just like just entirely explore what would that look like if I did make that decision and literally try to like live in that moment for a second. What would happen? So I'm going to walk into the office. I'm going to tell the team I quit or like I'm selling, whatever it is. Are they going to freak out? Okay, they might freak out. What would that look like? How would I manage that? Sure, that's fine. I could probably handle that. Then if I go to, say, my clients um, and I tell them, are they going to be worried about it? Probably. These are probably going to be their fears. Can I work through that with them? Probably. So it's like take yourself through the process of what that would look like. Where are you sitting after you've kind of dealt with all of that initial, you know, 
chaos that comes from it. Um, beyond that, what does your day-to-day look like? Is that something that you're happy with? And like, you know, on the other side of that, like I said at the start, if you do fail essentially in the next thing that you're moving into or you want to trial something new, then, okay, so you failed, then what? Like, can you get a job? Can you focus on something else? Um, and it could be, you know, maybe they don't have enough money in the bank right now, whatever that barrier is. So it's like, okay, so all that really needs to happen is you need to save a little bit more for the next three months to be in a position where you can make that decision comfortably. And if that's the case, then, okay, well, are we focusing there? So I'm super logical in my mindset and the way I look at things like that. It would literally be breaking down the decision. What does it look like? What needs to be there if you do want to actually make that decision? And being realistic with yourself, if it's like, you're just unhappy because something is happening at the moment or are you unhappy with the overall structure of what you built? Because that was very heavily what I felt like. I kind of looked at it and I just thought if I was to do this again, I think I would do it quite differently just in the way I built it up and, you know, what my role was and the lack of freedom that I had, um, which just comes from experience. Like I could not have known that going into it when I did, but I knew going into this, I was going to build it in a way that I was happy with. And yeah, that only comes from having that experience behind me. So yeah, give yourself the freedom to explore that idea and see what happens. <laughs> That's good. It's straight on the money too. Like we we write this end script, I, I find like sometimes and like we're all guilty of it. Definitely may include it at times. And we like, fuck, you know, what happens if this happens and blah, 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 blah. But what happens if it doesn't? You know, like I think that's a question you need to ask yourself is like, oh, wow, what if it actually works? And what if it could work? if I just made the decision to make it work. If you, totally, totally. The thing that goes through my mind a lot of the time, it's like if you put 30 hours a week into someone else's business and you're helping grow that business, that's great if you're aligned with that and you, you've like you, that's, you love it. But what if you put that 30 hours in your own thing and you grew that, like what you're doing with Dash Academy now? It's like, wow, you're really passionate about training. Imagine applying passion and a- action together Wow, that's pretty unstoppable. Like you can do so much. (laughs) That a hundred percent. And it's like if that looks like starting with five hours a week while you build it up, you test it's the direction you want to go in, then like great, um, do that. And one person that I've always thought about when it comes to this side of things, I I went and saw her speak like a few years ago is um Lisa Messenger, who's an incredible businesswoman. And she has like all these companies, very big and successful. And I remember her telling a story which um, if the finer details are incorrect, don't quote me, but it was like, she had this like huge, huge company, like all of these staff. And when she'd first started the company, I think there was like a team of five around her and they were producing this, um, magazine and that, you know, the magazine was really valuable and it was doing so well. And then over time she built up this team and it was like, let's say 300 people or something. And they were still just producing that magazine. And, she said that she just was like so unhappy and was like not enjoying the process at all. And this is like a highly successful woman. And um, her husband, you know, one day said to her when she was crying on the the ground of the shower, like, like, what are you doing? Like, what, like, literally look at everything you're doing. What are you doing? And she went in and she literally basically shut down her entire business back down to like a team of like eight or something, because she's like, how on earth did I get to the point where to achieve the same thing? I have a team of like 300 people. I hate everything I'm doing. She literally crumbled her entire business. And then from there was able to build it back up to something that she actually loved. And that always inspired me because I was like, imagine even the business people around you seeing you 
basically break your entire business and then be like, don't like it, taking everything down that I've just spent years building and everyone is, you know, hyping me up for being the most successful person. I'm just going to break it all and figure it out and like build something that I'm actually happy with. And that, I think that probably stuck with me um, and supported me through that decision as well. I love that. It's like reconfiguring your own puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's sick. What, with your journey so far, what what do you think has been the biggest challenges that you've faced? Um, I think that probably being a young woman in business has been one of them. Um, it's not been a huge part of my narrative, but where it has been part of my narrative, I've felt and noticed it and I've hated it. Um, and it's mostly been in instances of like, you know, walking into rooms with powerful people and it's not always just men, um, and being a young woman, um, and, you know, it could be gender, it could be age, it could be both, it could be whatever I was wearing that day. I don't know, but, um, I often had this feeling of like feeling really underestimated and feeling really like, oh, this will be easy. Like, oh, we can sell her on this idea that we want to do or like, oh, we can get way more out of this package or whatever it is she's pitching than she thinks because we're, you know, the experienced business people here. And um, I don't, I didn't like being able to push back on that because I never felt like I should have to. But I also did kind of like the moment sometimes where they would be like, oh, you're happy to do that, right? And I'd be like, yeah, no, actually that doesn't align at all with the package that I've put forward. Um, and it's not included in this for these reasons. So we're actually going to need to revise this based on what I'm able to achieve with you, blah, blah, blah. And like, just go back to them. And then you would see their mindset kind of go, oh, like the way they're looking at you changed into like, oh, we're actually going to take you seriously now. And um, like I said, I I didn't like that because I didn't like having to do that. But I also, I guess, liked the moment where I would be like, yeah, see, <laughs> <laughs> not coming in here with like pigtails being like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Um, and I think honestly, being someone who smiles and laughs a lot has made me be underestimated across the board a lot of times. So I'm not mad at that, but it has been interesting to kind of navigate that in certain situations. Um, so I think that I think um, I don't know, being inexperienced in business as we've sort of touched on has been um, a challenge, but it's also been a really fun part of the journey. And I think like I'm stoked with that experience now and all the things that I had to overcome and try to figure out because I've got that knowledge that I'm going into this business with. And it feels so different. Like it feels like I just, I've skipped like three years of what I went through with the agency with what I'm doing at the academy. It's like we said, you know, focusing on the right areas um, I'm investing in things that with the agency took me three years to be like, oh, maybe I can invest in that right now, even though, um, you know, last month and the month before I may not have had much income from it. I was still investing in things that I was like, I don't care. I'm paying for that because it's so worth it. Yeah. Um, so that's been really good. And like I said, COVID was a massive, massive challenge for me um, just because I, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And then probably yeah, overcoming um, the burnout that I experienced last year I think they like when I think of challenges those are probably the big themes that come to mind Mm. and what a great great little intro actually let's talk about burnout what like because obviously it's something that like everyone suffers with and it's like I I do think that sometimes like everyone burns out but identifying when burnout is burnout versus because burnout to me like from my experience is like 
and you've you've experienced burnout me i remember like going into criminal and i'm like hey bronte how are you and you're like i'm cooked eh? <laughs> and i'd be I'm like <laughs> and i'd be like same <laughs> but like you know i think identifying to the because when we said understand like what burnout really is because i think there's a misconception of burnout just being unmotivated versus burnout being like I'm fucked. Like there's nothing in the tank at the moment. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm moving the legs and moving the body, but there's a, there's, there's not much there. So like mm-hmm. identifying to, to people like what burnout is and how, how you overcome that. Totally. I mean, I can obviously only speak from my experience in this, but um, from my experience, it's like, it's, it's intense mental drain and it also can feel really physical as well like there is absolutely a difference between having a big week and being a bit tired or feeling a little bit just like misaligned with your goals and like a bit like oh I don't really know how much I want to work today it's feeling literally like any effort that you've got to put into things that normally are fun or normally you thrive in is really difficult and um, the way I had to describe it to my partner when he was experiencing burnout was that he was replenishing himself like on a weekend, for instance, or going to bed early or like doing something nice for himself. He was replenishing himself 3% um, back to, you know, a 3% position. And then he would go back to work and then that would diminish down to negative something. And it was like this constant battle of just getting, Oh, I think I feel a little bit better. And then just being dropped back into it. And it's like, when you start to feel like that, I think that that is, is definitely when you've hit it. And for me, it was, um, it was waking up in the morning and just like, just not really wanting to, to get out of bed and do the things that I normally would love doing. And I hated that feeling because I'm someone who is really passionate. It's not that I'd lost the passion for it. I still was excited about what I was doing. And I still, when I was in those moments was enjoying it, but it was like every ounce of like energy that I would have was just absolutely gone. Like there was just nothing there. There was no, um, you know, perkiness to me at all. And the reason I figured out that was actually quite serious was, um, and it was probably more a hindsight thing, was coming out of burnout, um, I realized that when I was going to events in that burnout period, I I could not tell you who I'd spoken to. I could not tell you a conversation I'd had. I would leave that event and it was just like, it was just like there was nothing there. And I feel bad now because I feel like there's so many people that I spoke to at events that I see now and I'm like, Hey, I'm Bronte. Nice to meet you. And they're probably like, Oh, okay. Rude. Like I met you a year ago or whatever. But, um, I just, I, there was nothing there. Like I would just be like, Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, I'm busy. Like, but like, I was just, my brain was so drained that I actually couldn't even take in the conversations I was having. And at that point, um, when I reflected on under, I was like, Oh, I, I was really like, I was really, really burnt out. I was really feeling it. Um, so I think that like, I get asked, a lot about what I guess it was like experiencing that. And like, literally there was one day that I was driving home and I was just bawling my eyes out in the car and I couldn't even tell you why, like it wasn't something that had necessarily happened. I was just, I was just like at the end of it, it just felt like my body was just like giving in almost. It was like, Oh my gosh, this is too much. And it wasn't anything really that was happening. It just kind of had all slowly piled up on top of me until I was like, I need to make serious changes now or this is going to eat me alive. <laughs> mm. And do you think that was like those were the stepping stones to you, like obviously make having the realisation that it was time to step into Dash Academy? I think so. I think it was a uh, a combination of things. Firstly, I have always, always loved training. Um, secondly, I think it was recognising that that journey of the agency was kind of coming to a place that I was happy to be stepping out of it, that I was being called towards the academy. And I think that 
I was always going to go in that direction, but the burnout is what pushed me there at that moment. So I think that I probably would have still made all of those decisions maybe a year later, but experiencing that burnout was what fast tracked that for me and made me think I need to, I need to make this big move almost now. Um, which, you know, being where I am at the moment, I definitely appreciate and I can understand why I made that decision then. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that was what pushed me towards it. And what, what advice would you have for people who are burnt out and they're trying to gain some momentum back in their life? Well, um, <laughs> firstly, I would say the biggest, biggest thing that I can recommend for people experiencing it is take it seriously. Like, like I think when you're in burnout because your mental state is so just drained that when you think of the fact that you're burnt out, you almost just go like, I think I'm being a little bit ridiculous or a little bit dramatic or like, you know, you're on the weekend, you're like, I'm so not okay. But then by the time Monday comes, you're you're in routine. You're like, okay, get out of bed. Yeah, get dressed. Do my makeup. Go to work. And like, because you can just kind of do those actions, it's almost like you feel like in some capacity that it's actually not that serious and that like, you know, I'm going to sleep tonight and I'll feel better um, when I'm laying in bed or like when I'm not doing that anymore. And it's like, I think that the biggest thing is, is really stopping and being like, this is, this is really serious. That feeling that you're feeling, take that 100% seriously. Stop trying to convince yourself that it's fine or you'll revive on the weekend or, um, you know, it's not that big a deal. It is a really big deal and you do need to take it seriously. So, um, that would be the first thing is recognizing it. And one thing that I've said to people in the past who have experienced burnout is to feel comfortable saying no at that point. Like you need to make the decision that it's serious and then you need to be able to say no to things to help yourself revive. Like for me, that looked like, um, you know, I was doing events all the time and I remember calling my partner and being like, I am not good. <laughs> like I'm in a struggle street. And he said that to me because it's something that I'd actually said to him like six months earlier. And he was like, you said to me to just say no. You are only human. You can only do so much. Just say no. And I cleared uh, like six events on that one day. I literally emailed so many people. I said, I'm having health issues. I can't attend, can't come, can't speak at this event, can't be on this panel. And it was like, it was like such a relieving moment. I think partially because I was giving up those things that I was trying to just continue normal life when I was not feeling normal. Um, and partially because it was the moment I actually recognized how serious it was to feel like that. Like it was almost validating to myself that like, hold on, this is real. And these are the steps I need to take to overcome that. Um, and the only other thing I would say on it is that I realized um when I sold and I was coming into, you know, being able to like design my day a little bit more that a big part of what I was feeling with burnout was depriving myself of everything that I actually wanted to do in those moments. So like I, you know, I wanted to rest, but I couldn't rest. I had to go do this. or I wanted to, um, you know, revive myself, but no, I had to go to that event and like just constantly feeling like whatever my body and my brain wanted me to do in that moment. And even if it was screaming at me, like, please do this. I was just ignoring it and moving ahead with what I felt like I had to do. And when I was able to push that aside and actually focus on like, I'm just going to give myself a chance. So literally for a month, um, which I think is honestly how I fast track getting over burnout. I let myself do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to lay in bed till 3 p.m., I was doing that. If I wanted to get up and go for a walk and then, you know, do two hours of work and then at, at 12 o'clock, I was like not feeling this anymore. I would shut it. Whatever I kind of wanted to eat, I was eating. I just literally fully gave into my own self. And I said, whatever you need right now, body, I have pushed you to your limits. Whatever mind, body needs, 
I'm going to do it for you. Let's just, let's just do a month of doing that. And I think that's honestly how um, I got over it. So I think that's like, not everyone's in the position that I was in where I sold and I was able to do that fully for a month. But I think if you feel yourself heading towards burnout, it is a good lesson to like when you can, if it's after work, before work, weekends, um, even if you work for yourself, you've got a little bit more freedom about that. Listen to yourself and give yourself the opportunity to give what your body and mind is asking for in that moment. Mm, that's epic and so good. Do you find how, how's, since you've started doing that, have you found that everything else in your life's just like excelled? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. definitely has. It's like your body and what you're like craving isn't just random. I think that recognizing that, that a lot of the times it's what you actually um, need. And, you know, for me, I believe in universal um, pull and energy. And for me, like, you know, manifesting and things that feel aligned, like I do try and pay more attention to that um, now than I ever did before. And I definitely think it's pushed me in the right direction in so many ways. And, you know, whatever your beliefs are and whatever you want to name that, um, I think it is important to listen to those kind of energies and listen to yourself as well. And that normally it's pushing you right where you need to be anyway. So it's kind of like the map's kind of there and you're just like ignoring it. So um, yeah, absolutely. I feel, so, I just feel so much more aligned in who I am. And like I said, the the waking up in the morning is the biggest difference. I feel like I used to wake up and just be like, oh, today. Whereas now I wake up, I'm like, yay, get to do this, get to do that. <laughs> so it's like, that says everything to me. It's so huge though. Like it, it's like, there's a book. Um, I think it's called the secret language of the body. I'm pretty sure. Could, could be completely wrong, but it talks about how whenever it's like your body's always sending you signals, your throat, your throat's clogged up. It's like a sign that you're not speaking your truth or, you know, your lower back skin sore. It's like a sign that you're feeling under pressure financially. Like there's all these particular things. And like, as far as I've experienced so far, that's all true. Like everything correlates and whether it be someone talking to you or whatever it is, there's always signs. So I think that's like a huge thing because it creates that awareness in people where they're like, all right, maybe I should actually just look out and see what's in front of me instead of like avoiding what, you know, is beside like in front of me and looking to the sides or whatever it may be. Totally. So, and it's a fun little game to play yeah. with that. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, it's almost like a, a board game. Like, what do I do now and see what it kind of throws at you? <laughs> see where it takes you. hundred percent. hundred percent. For the people who don't believe in that, they're going like fruit loops, absolute <laughs> fruit loops. But, you know, until you experience it, like, you know, you, it is what it is. Like I said on a podcast episode, um, I think it was one I did last year and it's like, you know, I live in, where I live now is where I've always wanted to live. When, as soon as I moved to the coast, I'm living in the exact place in Budrum on the hill where I wanted to live. And it's just like, that's not coincidence. Like, you know, you, you embed the seed and, you know, the, the tree will grow. A hundred percent, definitely. And it, like, it doesn't need to be all super spiritual and stuff either. Like I was just joking with um, my roommate that at the moment, like I've just noticed um, two things are coming up heaps for me, vision boards and gut health. And I don't know why, but I just feel like they're part of every conversation I'm having. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take that as some sort of random sign and I'm going to like investigate both of those and see what happens from it. So yeah, it doesn't need to be a super spiritual thing, but it's just like, you know, if you're noticing recurring themes coming up, then yeah, maybe it is a sign or maybe it's just something that you can test out exploring. A hundred percent. And there's, there's actually a test, um, I can't remember his name. His name's Neville something. But anyway, there's this test that you can do. So if I guess like if you're listening, you're up for it. There's this test and it's like uh, 10 minutes before you go to bed every night, uh, just like close your eyes and visualize a ladder. 
and just keep visualizing this ladder. What it'll look like, um, you know, is it a double story ladder? Is it a little step up ladder? Whatever it is, visualize that ladder every night for 10 minutes, exactly the color and type a time of day or whatever it is. And then do that continuously for a good, let's just say three to four weeks and see what happens. And I can guarantee you, you'll find a ladder or there'll be a ladder in front of you. I've done it. It works. It's a clear indication, but take it as you will, I guess. Um, so funny. How wild. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely going to try that. He's quite a successful, like quite a successful life coach. And he's got all these cool things. I wish I could remember his last name, but that's all right. His name's Neville. Um, so before we finish up, I've just got a few speed questions. Um, speed questions. Are you ready for it? So it's no. just like you just answer as quick as you can. Quick as you can. I know it's a lot of pressure. It's great. Um, but so ready? Sure. Super, super. All right. So best piece of advice you've, you've ever received? Um, don't underestimate yourself. Worst piece of advice you've ever received? Um. Anything relating to thinking too small or thinking too narrow-minded? Biggest lesson you've ever learned? Um, believe in yourself. I've got a theme running here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, your favorite memory as a as a child? Um, probably walking to the mailbox with my dog Corby, who was this big, beautiful Labrador. <laughs> love it. And um, this isn't a speed question, but. Something, if you had to like, let's just imagine that there's an elevator in front of you and you walk into the elevator, it's got like leather, it's red, it's kind of gold buttons, there's no particular button. But let's just say you're in there, the door's closed and it takes you to a point in your life where you needed advice <laughs> from yourself that you knew you had the answer to. What advice would that be that you'd give yourself? Oh, um, I think honestly... And again, I feel like all my answers have been like really generic and easy so far, but it would almost be like, just keep going on the right track because like where I am now, I'm stoked with, and I'm very much one of those people who doesn't necessarily look back at life and be like, oh, well, if I took that route, I would be there. And if I took that route, because I think it's all entirely irrelevant. I think that like, you know, life is what you're doing right now. So I think I would say, just keep going because the biggest challenge that we have is like not knowing what's next and it's been really funny in this business and I've said this to a few people like from my last business being in the first six months I was like oh but what if I fail like what if I don't succeed what I've set out to succeed and like what if you know I don't achieve big things and blah 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 um and in this business I've gone in with so much more experience but I've almost still had that feeling because it's natural no matter what you're doing there's kind of like not knowing what's coming is like there's just always some sense of fear with that because it's like well, what if it's bad or what if it's not what I want it to be? Um, but definitely like life has shown me so far that like, like literally just keep going because you nine times out of 10 achieve it anyway, you'll get closer to or your goals change and you get closer to the goals that you've reset. So um, I think it would honestly be just that in those early days back in business slash just in life at any stage being like, just keep going. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Mm. Just keep swimming. From finding just keep just mean like optimistically like proper see your goals see life as like a positive thing it's not like just get through you'll be fine it's like you're gonna achieve it or just like keep you know keep doing everything you know you gotta do yeah epic so if someone wanted to like you know ask you a question or find your services or 
or just get started in social media, where can they find you and what um, do you offer for people who might be interested? Awesome. So um, probably on my website, so dashacademy.com.au. Um, my email is hello at dashacademy.com.au and then my Instagram is dashacademy.dom. Um, so any one of those, jump on, find me. I've also got LinkedIn and all the rest. I'm sure Chris will link it somewhere. Um, and what I do essentially is I've got corporate training um, packages where I work with teams in-house who are wanting to understand social media more and how their team can utilize it. Um, but the big thing that I've got at the moment as well is um, the course that I'm working on. So uh, it's called the Social Starter, and it's essentially designed for small business owners or in-house marketers. So small business owners, I know, often have a lot of overwhelm and a lot of fear when it comes to social media. Like the whole concept of it just feels really intimidating and really like there's just too much to know. They don't even know what platform to be on, let alone where to start with content. Um, and when they try to, it's just like a massive process for them. So I focus on going through that process with them, showing them not only how to use social media, but what it actually is and where it sits in your overall sort of business and marketing um, scheme and then in-house marketers as well. So I know a lot of people that, um, you know, are working in admin or receptionists in companies and they've been given the Instagram logins and they're like, oh, you're young, you can manage the account. But, you know, they want to understand it a lot more and know how to actually do it properly for the company. So it's so serves them in their, you know, professional development as well as the company that they're working for by knowing how to do it properly. Um, so I train a lot of in-house marketers in that process as well. So those two and then just general one-on-one -on -one training um, with any sort of key issues that people are facing. And that is it. That is my um, package suite that I'm focusing on. And I'm, yeah, really loving all the students I'm working with so far. Oh, epic. And if people wanted to reach out on you, to you on Instagram, is it just Dash Academy? It's dashacademy.dom. Okay, epic. So before you leave, is there, so let's just say that someone's like, they're in that spot, they're burnt out, they're just about to throw, throw in the towel, but the passion's still there and they're yeah. still eager. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have to them, for them? Like what would be the, the first three points of pieces of advice that you'd have for them to action? Um, I would say that if they're, if they've made the decision to, to do that, then I would validate and say, if this is where you're at and you've made that decision, then like, just feel in yourself that that is the right thing to do. Because like, you know, when people, when I told people I'd sold, um, and I felt like there was a bit of like distrust in that decision with some people, I was like, well, hold on. You can't tell me how wonderful I've been as a business person and a leader and all the rest for the last five years and then doubt a decision that I'm making at this point. So I think it's like, have enough confidence in yourself with the things that you've achieved and who you are as a person um, that to make that decision, you're totally validated in that. Um, so that would probably be the first thing. The second thing would be to um, get excited about it and to not dwell on the fact that, you know, it feels like, I don't know, a, a massive decision maybe in like a different direction um, and, you know, overthink if that's the right thing or not. But like put down all of the ideas that you're having because when you're early days with um, a business or any kind of concept, I'm sure everyone listening that's done this has this exact moment where your brain is just like, and I could do this and this and this and like in five years time, I could do this. And oh my gosh, I could partner with that brand. And it's like, I am the biggest believer in soaking up every single one of those thoughts and like write them down. Don't let them just become part of like 
you know, the thoughts you had at the start, like write them all down, try to make it a plan. Like that hype that you're feeling in that moment is where like your entire business plan basically comes from. Um, and all the big ideas that you have before you start to get kind of bogged down in like the nitty gritty of actually creating a business. So I would be like, get excited about it, write everything down, get the plans together, because that's also going to light that spark in them as well as they're trying to get through that final bit of burnout and throwing in the towel. Um, and I guess, oh, what would be the last thing? Maybe not to um, not to have concern about the people around you in a way, because I think that was a big thing for me. Like, obviously, I had a lot of care and respect for the people around me. Um, but I knew that this decision was something that I had to make. And actually when I made the decision and I told certain people that it was going to directly influence, I was hit with some pushback and I literally had to explain to them, like, this decision is a, is a big thing for me. This hasn't come from nowhere. Um, and when you look at my life, you can actually understand the impact of me making this decision. It has nothing to do with you in a sense, like, I'm sorry for the impact it's going to have on you for the next, you know, few weeks. But in the bigger picture, it's not, this is not a decision that has been made with you in mind. It's a decision that I've had to make and you're being impacted by it a little bit. So I think there was um, a lot of fear around how that would be handled as well as like, you know, just the way people would perceive it. I think I was worried that I was going to be perceived as a failure in some aspects as well, but um, I really had to push that aside and be like, you know what, actually doesn't matter. Like I have got myself to where I am now in my career by doing what I know I feel aligned with. So I'm just going to continue that theme and again, see where I end up and super happy with where I've ended up so far. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I just want to say a huge thank you for jumping on the potty today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been fun to be on. Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member, share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in. And we'll see you next time.